Welcome to Words Out Loud, a series of audio profiles of audio people. Every month, I'll be chatting to someone from my world of recorded words, colleagues, clients, and friends, and I'll share that with you via my newsletter or social media accounts. You can find those links, catch up with past profiles, as well as listen to the latest episode of Low Light at crawleyvoicestudio.com. Thanks so much for listening. Jerry, how did we meet? How did we meet? How did we meet? I think it was a group of art of not artists. I'm talking about piss artists, probably. (laughs) We were that first time we met, actually. First time, that's quite true. Actors who wanted to get together in a little group to support each other with self-tape auditions. That's right. That's it. it? Yeah, it is through a mutual friend. And nowadays, because all of us have to do these dreaded self-tapes because nobody goes to auditions anymore. Yep. So we have to film ourselves. So. uh, uh, one of our friends set up a, a little self-help group, didn't we, called... Yep. What did we call it? Well, eventually, uh, it was renamed CAST. CAST. Which I can't remember what it stands for. Uh, something about <laughs> self-tapes. I don't want to start guessing in case it all goes really <laughs> wrong. <laughs> it's, yeah, anyway, yeah. So we all anyway, met at somebody's house, didn't we, and we had did. a few had a cheese and wine party. Yeah, cheese and wine party. And discussed wine technical and things. Party, technical things yeah about yeah. cameras and yeah. and what have you it's great yeah, we really did. We did. helped it us a lot yeah absolutely i think we all improved in our various areas that we needed the improvement in yeah so yeah and then uh, of course we all realized that then you and your wonderful wife josie run a fantastic choir well it's josie's choir isn't it obviously but it now we all go to it so yes <laughs> so we sing together every week as well which is lovely. we do Uh, So, which brings me neatly on to asking you to introduce yourself. Uh, Tell me where you're from uh, and what you do uh, and the different kinds of work that you get up to, please. Right. I'm Gerard Fletcher. That's my Sunday name. My (laughs) mum called me Gerard, so there you go. Uh, Everybody calls me Jerry. And I I was born and bred in Sheffield. Went to London for a bit to train as an actor at Lambda and then came back to Sheffield a long time ago, <laughs> 1995. I left drama school in 97, so I came back here about 98. Oh, that is a long time ago, isn't it? It is, and I've been an actor ever since. Yeah. Thank goodness. <laughs> Touching wood. Well, uh, yeah, no, I know that you weren't always an actor. Um, no. So tell me about that. What happened before then? What were you doing before that? You can hear my life story now, Mel. Well, it's, just it could take forever, version. this. I mean, you know, we what haven't the, got that long, <laughs> Yeah, OK. So, left school at 16 uh, and went to work to be an apprentice with BT, which was then the post office, telecommunications. Aye. Yeah. I mean, we are going back. 1976. I was a, a mere boy. Were you? I was six then. I was a mere girl. Six. <laughs> I, was, I was 16 that year, so oh, it might have been 1977, thinking about it, yeah. So I did a three-year apprenticeship with BT, uh, rose through the ranks, as yeah. they say. And then, if you remember, I don't know whether you remember, in 1992, um, BT asked people to volunteer to be made redundant. Yeah. Um, and I'd been there 16 years by this time, and I'd been in local bands around Sheffield for years from being 16, because there was a massive music scene in Sheffield yes. at the time, through the sort of late 70s, 80s. So I was sort of part of that scene in various bands and trying to make it and make a record deal and all that. But it never happened. But I, I met Josie and she just got a record deal. 
so I started writing some stuff with her and another friend. But at the same time, I was doing some amateur operatics that I'd been doing for a few years with a mate from work. And I'd sort of been in the chorus. It was Sheffield Teachers Operatic Society. Yeah. And I ended up getting the lead in a musical in 1992 called Billy, based on Billy Lyre. Oh, wow. But it was a musical. amazing, yeah. Written by Willis Hall. Yeah. Lovely man. I'll tell you about him in a bit. Okay. And it was at the Lyceum in Sheffield. So I was sort of bitten by this acting bug right. at the same time as writing music. Yeah. I'd left. So I left work, bought some studio gear because I wanted to write music with Josie and this mate of ours. And he, he saw me in Billy Lyre and suggested I was, I don't know whether this was flattering me or what, but he suggested I was a better actor than I was a musician. <laughs> so, um, it was by pure chance that I met Wendy Spon, who was at that time the casting director at The Crucible. So my mate was saying, yeah, you ought to be an actor. You, you know, you've got a better chance than being a musician. And I was made redundant this time. And I'd left BT with like thousands of quid in my back pocket, yeah. burning a big hole. So uh, I met Wendy Spon at the Christmas, the Crucible Theatre's Christmas dinner dance. We were playing in the that band. Is, that is a good time to meet a <laughs> casting director, isn't yeah, it? it? Especially if so, you're on stage as well. Blimey. Yeah. So I said, um, I don't go on about being an actor. I've never done any drama at school and never done any drama apart from this musical theatre that I was doing for, with Sheffield Teachers. She just said, apply to these drama schools, uh, see how you go on. And wow. it was like RADA, Lambda, Central. And I went, oh, right. So I learnt an audition piece that me um, now good friend and the director of Sheffield Teachers, Graham Anthony, uh, he put me through my paces sort of thing. And we did this, uh, I did Macbeth. Uh, mm -hmm. Oh, no, it was Iago. I did a scene from Othello yeah. and a modern piece from um, Bounces, which is John oh, Godfrey. Oh, yeah, 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 okay. And I did them at drama school. And uh, I did the rounds around, you know, Lambda, Rada, all the rest of him. Uh, and I got in at Lambda and one in Manchester. Uh, and I could only afford one year because I'd got, uh, by this time, I'd burnt all my money. Oh, really? <laughs> For all my redundancy money. But I could afford one year. But they, yeah. Lambda said, I, I, I decided to go to Lambda in London because it's better reputation kind of thing. It's been there hundreds of years. So they said, you need to come for three years. You don't know what you're doing. So they said, we'll put you up for a bursary. So I got a Cameron Macintosh bursary and he paid for the lot. So... I was the richest student going at Lambda, <laughs> so I'd still got a bit of redundancy money left. So, uh, and then that the rest, as they say, is history. Yeah, the rest, as they say, is history. So, well, I mean, you've obviously had quite a. Don't want to say a checkered past. I don't mean anything bad. By what do you mean? Obviously, <laughs> well, you know, but um, but that's interesting. So, actor, musician, and yes. now though, really, you're most well known, aren't you, for Miss being Mister Voiceover, and you love it. Do you love it? Absolutely, it's been the best. It's just been my saviour, really. It's now, yeah. my, I mean, it's my bread and butter. It's what I do every day. I do yeah. voice every day. So I'm very lucky because I can do it from home now and I've got my own studio set up and people just drop yeah. me a script. I do TV ads from here, radio, radio ads, corporate stuff, uh, documentaries. But you are very often heard in stores across the land, aren't you? The other beautiful thing about being a voiceover artist is Nobody knows what you look like or who you are. So you can walk around Morrison's and your my voice comes over the tannoy and I can just go chuckle, chuckle, chuckle. 
Of course you can, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, but your, I mean, so your day, I suppose your day is you're in your booth, aren't you? I mean, I'm yes. in my booth at the moment as well. Yes. We have our little booths, don't we? So yes. we spend a lot of time on our own. But quite often you have someone else on the line like we're doing now and you'll be yes. directed, won't you? So, yeah. I mean, you must have worked with so many different people and for so many different things doing that. And it's all, yeah. it's quite technical or it was when you started, it's probably less so now. I was lucky because I did have that technical background because I was, I ended up being a broadcast engineer for BT. So um, I used to put, do broadcast circuits, which at the time, this is before satellites yeah. and, and the like, and, and recording locally. Everything had to go via, via post office communications or BT. Steve Howard. So if you went to, if you did a TV broadcast or a radio broadcast, you had to have a landline and I used to do the landline. So yeah. I, I had all the technical knowledge, really. Yeah about um stuff so it's helped me no no end really yeah. with so there's it with, which is another thing about acting you've got to have a sense i think i don't know what you feel and especially voice of what you're actually technically doing because you have to play in effect and use the mic or the camera yeah. or whatever as a as a tool if you like you do absolutely and i think um it's interesting isn't it the different ways probably you can use a mic as well if you're a musician on stage it's a different thing isn't it to being in a well that's a booth it yeah and there's an intimacy there is, Mel. There there is a certain exactly, intimacy there is exactly that yes yeah well, there, i thought perhaps also though that you're kind of given your many years of experience you must have had some how can i put this disasters Things that have gone spectacularly wrong? Oh, yeah. I had one recently, actually. Ah, you see. I knew you would. <laughs> I can't name names, you understand. No, of course not. Of course not. I was doing a, a, a double header, as you know, meaning I'm working with somebody else, another actor on the same script. It was for a, a car ad. Both of us are regular voices for this particular car yeah. manufacturer. I do the sort of body text the character text and he does what you call the tags at the end yeah like sold now in a garage near you know halifax in halifax in sheffield in wherever so and he's got a particular voice this bloke and he's renowned for it he's, he's a massive voiceover he does continuity for channel four and itv and all that so we never as with, with these double headers sometimes you never meet you never meet online either he does his bit separately to me his session was before me i didn't know this the producer had got me going at 10 o'clock and he was going at nine o'clock. So he sent, the producer sent me the link. And of course, I joined the session and thought he was mixing what he'd just recorded with this other act, with this other voiceover <laughs> artist. So I started taking the mic out of this voiceover artist. And he's going, who's that? What's that all about? And he, I, I didn't realise he was still recording. And he's like this big name voice, and I'm taking the mic. And I sit of like talking the way he talks. Uh, and he talks like that uh, at the end of every sentence. Uh. So I was doing all that going, and I suddenly realised after he started talking back. Oh, so I discreetly dropped out of the circuit. Did you? You didn't like own up and say, no, oh, I'm sorry. I, oh. I was so embarrassed. It was oh, one, of those, no. one of those moments. Oh, no. Do you think he'll ever work with you again? <laughs> He's he's all right. I know him very well, so he, he he's he. I haven't apologised to him, but I was apologising to the well, producer. You, you have, there's an opportunity now. I mean, if you want to take it, you know. You no. Heartfelt. No. All right. We'll just forget about that. He, he'll never hear this. He'll never hear it. it. Well, no, but you might do. Sorry, sorry, John. <laughs> I've had the one where I was doing an um, an advert for Bennett's Bike Insurance, Bennett's. 
and I spent an hour, uh, the engineer, and you've got the, have you, you know, you've been to these sessions where you're sitting in this amazing studio in Soho and there's a glass wall and the client and all the big wigs are all behind the glass and you're on, on mic and you've got to perform. And the engineer went, so if you could just um, go across the mic in two inch intervals and say the word Bennett's. Right, so I had to go. Bennies, 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 Bennies. That took about half an hour. Okay. It was the most weird job I've ever done. And then I've also been to London, where you go in these studios, and I did one take, and the client went, "Well, that sounds great to me. Yeah, that'll, that'll be all right." Went, what, <laughs> what, one take. <laughs> So, yeah, That's sound, what you long for, great, I that. think, really, isn't it? I said, no, yeah. let me give you another one, just because <laughs> just I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> just because I've bothered to come all the way down from So Sheffield. I did. I gave them two, but they like the first one best. Fair enough. So it? it swings and roundabouts, really. Yeah, swings and roundabouts. With all these different things that you've done in your life, what work <clears> have you done that you're the most proud of? I don't like blowing my trumpet, so I don't know I should tell you about it. I gave <laughs> uh, this lad who had cerebral palsy. Yes. Um, never had a voice, and he was 18, and he got one of these, that's the kind of voice that you get on these machines. Yeah, like a stock kind of, yeah, <clears throat> yeah. AI, it, artificial intelligence. Yeah. yeah, but he's from Barnsley, so he wanted a Yorkshire accent. So I was asked if I would provide the voice for his machine, uh, and just to see his face when he could... He could order two pints of lager down the pub with his machine, because he, he and it runs on his eyes. He's, he's, got, he's in this wheelchair, and the machine reads eye movement, and he basically types what he wants to say with yeah. his eyes. Yeah. And he has, as I say, he has no voice. He's never had a voice, yeah. like he can't speak. So, and then my voice comes out asking for two pints down the yeah. pub. So just to see his face when he was putting all sorts of words in this machine to see yeah. what results he got back was was probably the best. Yeah, moment, I bet really. that's that's job satisfaction for you, isn't yes. it? I mean, what a wonderful thing to do, and I mean that's one of the good applications of kind of artificial intelligence and kind of how you you know use of kind of technology, isn't it, for that? Yeah. Um, and I bet what did you have to record something like about oh, what twenty ten thousand sentences or something like that? Was it? I was doing it off and on. Um, mm. It took me six months, basically, yeah. <laughs> to record hours and hours of completely disjointed sentences yeah, that didn't mean anything sentences. to me. So, I mean, that's interesting that you picked that one as being your kind of thing that you're most proud of. Is there is there something <clears> that you get out of doing voice or acting or even music or whatever it is that you do that's the particular thing that really makes you go, yeah? I'm really glad about that. Something that's like that magical, special thing. And can you identify it or is it impossible to identify it? I don't know. I think, and I've just sort of tried to, uh, you can see this in all the genres that we work in. It's that feeling of being, knowing that the audience, that you can yeah. put something across to the audience and they understand what you're thinking, what you're getting yeah. at. Yeah. and can empathise with what you're saying, whether it be on stage where you know the saying goes, you've got them in your palm of, in the palm of your hand, when you know you've made that connection into the audience where the feedback, whether it's silence, clapping, just the timing of doing something in a comedy role where you get the timing just right or you, yeah. get, you get that reaction that you go, yeah, they've got it. I'm, yeah. They know what I'm thinking here. That's the moment that you go... It just I don't know what it makes you feel inside. But you can do that with, I find, 
TV is one of the hardest mediums I've, I've found to work in, and I'm still learning because they just can't teach you that thing. I don't yeah. think yeah. trying to get it across on on camera is is one of the hardest things. Because there's a disconnect, isn't it? What you describe there is a really human thing, isn't it? And and I suppose yeah. the easiest, not easiest, but the most direct way of kind of being able to get that going is with an audience in the room with you. Yeah. Um, but even as a voice artist, yeah. you, because of the intimacy of it, I think, you can imagine that you're kind of speaking into someone's ear. Exactly. Can't you? Exactly. And that's quite direct. But yeah, I, co I totally understand what you mean about that not kind of being so easy when you're trying to do it for tv because everything's done in out of order and you yeah. know and it's not a it's an artificial setup isn't it really it is yeah but you know that you're going out and there's this screen and you're going out to these millions of people potentially yeah um, and it, i think that's a bit of a mind messer you know <laughs> one of the biggest lessons learned was when I, I worked with sally wainwright on happy valley um and we're in the scene I I didn't have much to do apart from there were lots of stage directions that I was I was I was I was, I was a solicitor representing one of the characters in the in the piece and in the, in the script it said like you know I was very fed up with the uh, with my client because he started spilling the beans I was going shut up I'm trying to tell him to shut up but with gestures so she came up to me and stopped the scene and went you're doing far too much I just want to see your reaction in like I don't know the raise of an eyebrow a slight wink i just want you to do that maybe you'll take your glasses off i don't know so i was going oh no i'm doing too much bring it down and down and down and down so it ended up with me taking my glasses off and then forgetting where because then you have to do this continuity on yeah. every line yeah. where did i take my glasses off how did i put my glasses back on again <laughs> oh god it was amazing that but i've learned i mean i've just done a big job and learned so much on that job and put some of the stuff into practice so it'll be interesting yeah. to see what it yeah, looks like. that's it, isn't it? You learn stuff and then you need to have the regularity of work to be able to try and put what you've learned into practice and keep yeah. growing, don't you? Um, yeah. yeah. And get feedback. And it's very hard at, at my level uh, to get feedback from... The only feedback I've learned that you get is if you don't get a note, you're doing all right, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, yeah. And if they come back to give you more work, that's the only... I mean, yeah. I've worked with Sally Wainwright three times now, so yeah. I hope... I'm doing something right that she keeps asking me back, but yeah. she hasn't asked me back since then, actually, thinking about it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to move you on because right. um, we're, 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 we're kind of getting through our time slot here. And I want to know something that I don't know the answer to. Have you ever written for yourself or written your own projects at all? I no. think you write, do you write your own songs? I'm rubbish at words. It sounds... Oh, you don't do it? Okay. I, I do music. I can write, I write music, yes. I've, I, I write jingles for adverts. I've done an album's worth and I've got uh, another about another 10 tracks that I've had published on a, a couple of libraries because when you do an advert or they're used in documentaries and stuff like that. So so I, I do, I mean, I'm a, I'm a guitarist basically, So, but I do sing and I do, as you know, and I do uh, play lots of instruments just because I like messing about. So I recorded some interesting tracks if you're, Check out my SoundCloud. I will account. check out your SoundCloud no. account. So, so you do these on your own in your studio, don't you? Because I know you've got loads of guitars and mandolins yeah. and all sorts of things in there. Yeah. But I mean, but you were in bands as well, weren't you? And obviously, yeah. you act on stage with other people, and then you do your VO stuff on your own. What do you prefer, or is it just too different to make a choice? I, lo I love it all. I've, I've been so fortunate to have been able to work in so many areas of this business. Every one of them has got its own 
positives and negatives. I do like voice because I feel as if every script is a, is a little play or a little, you know, it's something to get your teeth into, characters and stuff like that. So voice is challenging in so many different ways. Uh, even, you know, the smallest car ad, you've still got to get some kind yeah. of character across. So I, I, I treat them all as, little jo- as, as an acting job. But stage is one thing, TV is another thing. Music is, I've always done music all my life, so it's yeah. just in grained in my head yeah absolutely and i mean i know you're of you are a sociable person would you describe yourself as sociable well, maybe you would <laughs> okay i've made I'll, an assumption I, here well I, I i i like being in yeah in with other um, people with other people but yeah. i don't particularly i don't like blowing me on trumpet very much and i like no. to just have a laugh basically it's with <laughs> friends so um yeah yeah no i mean i the reason i ask that really is because you know, you're very forthcoming, it seems to me, with help and support for other people. Um, I mean, you know, you were probably, you've helped me probably the most out of anybody in terms of voice. You've helped Thanks. me in all sorts of different ways, you know, um, lots of advice and you never begrudge it. And that's one of the reasons I wanted to talk to you, really, and have you as my first guest ever. Oh, thanks. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, I I guess, what am I asking here? I suppose, first of all, to ask you if there's anybody that really helped you and impacted on your career particularly but also just how do you approach that kind of like networking thing you know that horrible thing that we hate to do but kind of generally in the industry what's your approach to that how do you connect with people what what do you think works well I've been scared of of I don't like networking I never have done in the past I mean I'm lucky now I've been doing it for so long that I've it doesn't phase me anymore because one I've done I've got a big body of work I suppose so I can sort of talk about things but when in the first instances uh, I went to a particular uh, voiceover conference um, on my own because I f- and I forced myself to go and it was in an oh, hotel and it, it was a big dinner dance I mean yeah. I know you've been to these I've things been, I've been much more recently <clears throat> but yeah yeah and I was basically put on a table with the finance department of a radio. <laughs> so I was on with nobody who could give me any work. And they're very nice people. And you know, and I just found myself on my own on this table going. And I kept, I ended up going around. It was one of these where there was bottles of wine on the table. And then at the end, when there's absolutely nobody talking to you and you just can't be, you've tried your best to get up and speak to people. And then they move on because they don't know who you are and they don't really care. I just ended up drink nicking wine off people's tables. <laughs> so I grabbed a bottle of wine, I went, I'm, I'm off, went back to my room, and then I thought, no, I've paid all this money for this, I've got to do some networking. So I forced myself back down to the bar, and I just started chatting at the bar with somebody, and then he introduced me to somebody else, and she introduced you know. And I, by the end of it, I'd got loads of contacts, and the next day, it was, I'd got my demo and showed me demo, and everybody was hungover and tapping everybody on the back, and I made quite a few friends that day, especially... Who is no longer there? The producer who was at local radio, Hallam here, and within a week yeah. he'd given me four jobs, so yeah. it obviously worked. A friend of mine is the is a music um, lecturer at Liverpool University, and he is basically Doctor Beatles because everybody who does anything academic towards the Beatles yeah. comes to him. Yeah. So this bloke rings him up and says, "My dad uh, played Del Rupa, Del Rupa, Del whatever the word is for the instrument on Sergeant Pepper's Del Ruba, which is a." Um, like a violin kind of instrument with a big... It's an interesting instrument. He played on Sergeant Pepper, but he never got a credit. So Mike went, this sounds like a load of rubbish. He says, and he's he's, he's getting on a bit now and he'd like some recognition. So Mike did some research and found out that there there were six musicians that played on Sergeant Pepper that have never been accredited on the album. Mm. 
We found out who they were. There were two left alive, the tabla player and the Dilruba player. Yeah. Um, so we put a concert on called Within You, Without You at the London Philharmonic in Liverpool to, to uh, celebrate 50 years of Sgt Pepper. And he asked me to do, an, he'd done a big film and he want, he was, there was going to be a, an orchestra, uh, an Indian, classical Indian uh, six-piece uh, ensemble and a, a, a band from Liverpool were playing because they were going to do Within You, Without You by George Harrison. We were talking about the space. That one, you know what I mean? Yeah. So he put this concert together and he did a big film with film clips that nobody had ever seen that this Indian guy's family had kept from those times. Oh, yeah. He'd got permission from George Harrison's wife and Yoko Ono to use this stuff and put it on a big show. Um, so he did this film and, th and he asked me to narrate it. So I narrated it. Uh, as a voiceover, yeah. but then we went to the dresser rehearsal. He knows nothing about putting an event on, my mate, because he's a he's an academic. Yeah. So I said, I'll go with you and talk to the technical staff, and we'll see how we can put, you know, get the orchestra on, get the band on, and all that. So as we were doing this, and I'm reading out some of the stuff, the guy at the Liverpool Philharmonic says, well, "Why don't you go on stage and read it and be part of the thing, and you can introduce it all and be like the MC?" And it was that night. <laughs> I says, "Well, I can." Yeah, all right then. So I, <laughs> so I did, and I, it was the best thing. It's brilliant, and I met the Dal, the Dil, whatever the t yeah Tabla and Dalruba player, and he was such a naughty man. This old Indian guy must have been in his eighties, yeah. and he kept coming up to me and singing singing songs to me in my ear as we were on stage, <laughs> messing about. <laughs> But it was all about him, supposedly, but he's just yeah. messing about with me. It was very funny. Oh, that sounds amazing. That's it was a great. Once in a lifetime gig type thing. But anyway, we are nearly out of time. So I have one last question for you. And just, I don't know whether you are, you can answer this or not. Are you in something or about to start something that um, people listening to this can have a look out for? I mean, I think called Sherwood on BBC One coming out soon. Excellent. That's been advertised at the moment. Ah. Set in 1980, my bit is set in 1984. It's a police drama with David Morrissey and Joanne Frogger and a woman I can never remember her name. But anyway, she's brilliant. Uh, <laughs> that I'm in, it. Okay. Uh, I'm in two episodes of that. It's coming out very soon called Sherwood. Right, I'll look out for it. Police drama with flashbacks to 1984 and I'm in the 1984 bit. Excellent. And I take it that you are dressed appropriately. I am. And I've also just finished filming The Crown. Oh, The Crown. That's a yeah. big a big show, isn't it? It's oh, I've had the I've had a, the best time filming The Crown. It's, it's really good. So I did uh, five five days on it. Uh, I mean, I think I'm either only one or two episodes, but that's <laughs> that such is filming. So it's been yeah, that was really good filming that, and the you know everybody wants to talk about the crown. But so, I'm, are you a royal or are you? Can't say. You can't say. It's no. all under wraps. So it's all under could wraps. Be, you could be sworn to a secrecy. Peasant being trodden underfoot by the royals, or you could be a royal. I well, mean, put it this way: there aren't many royals coming from where I come from. So. <laughs> <laughs> right, we'll say I, no I, more. We'll say no more. Jeremy. I think you can get from that that I I don't think I'm playing a royal. Oh, but you could have, obviously. I, I suppose, yes, yes, yes. yes. <laughs> but I, I didn't know, no. <laughs> I'm imagining you, like, really, really clenching your buttocks as you well, do. Well, I am. Oh, are you? <laughs> <laughs> That's very good. Uh, right, well, um, I mean, look out for that, definitely. And, um, yeah, we've got to go, I'm afraid. We've run out of time. Oh, so. and another thing, I'm in a musical in Chesterfield in, in May. 
Are you? Yes. Which musical? It's called The Crooked Spire. Oh, is it? Well, that's appropriate, isn't it? And are yeah. you, what are you playing? Who are you playing? I'm playing Lord or Sir Henry, somebody or other. So is this based <laughs> on... how much research I've done. <laughs> so, so is this actually based on the history of the, the yes. construction? Because it's very interesting, isn't it? There's all it different v- versions of what might, the reason for it being crooked. I don't crooked by it. name, crooked by nature. That's the, the theory that we have, that uh, is that I'm I'm building it. It's me who's building oh, it. Oh, are and you? Oh. I've, got, I've got a bit of a dodgy deal going with some timber, put That's it that way. That's right. There was something about the um, the lack of materials. Yes, because they'd just done, uh, they had a war or something. Yes, they had a war. Twelfth, it was the 12th century. It was yeah, probably a crusade or something. materials, and so yeah. the materials were inferior. Yes, so it, they basically used wet wood rather than dried, dried out wood, mm. is one theory. Well, that's exciting. So that's a newly yeah. written musical. It is. It's a new, newly that's written. That's amazing. And how, what's the run for that? How long you'll be doing it? It's only a week, Definitely I think. Definitely coming, though. Don't worry. Try and keep me away. Yeah, it's a murder mystery. It's in May. Okay, well, we've got to go, I'm afraid. But um, if anybody wants to contact you, Jerry, uh, what's your address, please? Web address? Well, it's www.com. We don't just say that anymore. Gerardfletcher.co.uk. Gerardfletcher.co.uk. This is a Lovely to speak off. to you, Mel. Ah, it's lovely to speak to you as well. I've enjoyed it very much. <laughs> Good luck with the editing. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> I'm never going to get this down to 15 minutes, am I? I might have to rethink my strategy, as ever. Okay. Right, see ya. That's it for this month. Thanks for joining me. And thank you to my guest this week, Gerard Fletcher, who actually wrote and produced this theme tune. You've been listening to Words Out Loud, a series of audio profiles of audio people. Words Out Loud is hosted and produced by Melanie Crawley for Crawley Voice Studio. Find out more at crawleyvoicestudio.com.